0: so when I heard that Barry Jenkins was making um, one of my favorite James Baldwin novels, mm. I, um, I had to see it and I fell in love with it. And um, it's just resonated with me all these years. It's just continued to resonate. So when, when, when I was told that we'd be talking about a film that I meant a lot to me, um, there are many, but this one was at the forefront mm. of my mind.
1: Welcome back to Open Forum. I'm Michael Denzel Smith. Tish and Fani are as in love as two young people can be. They're ready to strike out on their own and start a life together. If they can find anything suitable in the racist New York City real estate market. Just as things are seemingly on the right track, Fani is arrested. He's been accused of rape. He is innocent. But up against a system determined to break apart black families through incarceration, it is difficult to prove, and Tish and Fonny's love will have to endure through an all-too-common injustice. This week's film is If Beale Street Could Talk, and it was chosen by Farah Jasmine Griffin, author of Harlem Nocturne, Women Artists and Progressive Politics During World War II, and most recently, Read Until You Understand, The Profound Wisdom of Black Life and Literature.
0: You know, I read it when I was very young and then I, mm-hmm. I, because of the Barry Jenkins film, I actually went back and reread it again and then ended up writing about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think um, it's a later Baldwin than, the, you know, than um, the Baldwin of the 50s and the 60s. Um, it, it's a it's a later Baldwin. It's a love story. Um but it's a very realistic love story Mm. for a certain community of people. And unfortunately it continues to resonate. (laughs) Um, and I just, I think I love the way Baldwin shows black people loving each other Mm -hmm. in that film and that it, it really is a kind of life giving force. Um, so that's why it was my favorite—not not in the film, but in the novel. That's why it was my my favorite of of the Baldwin novels. Yeah. It's the one that um, that I always, you know, that just really sticks with me.
2: Yeah, and I think in you saying that, like the way Baldwin is showing black people loving each other, I think that that's the thing that jumps out to me uh, with Barry Jenkins' adaptation. Is yes. that like you know, I mean, it's pretty faithful to the novel, but like his depiction and his sort of it's the very sumptuous scenery and the and the way that the camera is moving it's it's enveloping all it's including all of that love it's ever present it's it's just so i I was saying enveloping that like you can't help but but understand that like both Barry Jenkins and Baldwin, through the source material, are showing this love uh, of black people and how black people love one another. I think that was that something that, like, was so incredible to me. Right? It's that, like, yeah. it's not just a romantic love story. No, it is. No. It is about like the love that exists and the bonds that that we have between each other.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, I loved like the way. Barry Jenkins takes his time mm-hmm. and the way the camera just lingers over the faces mm-hmm. you know it's it sort of relishes the faces and 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 the beauty of the skin tones and of the features and oh I just I felt like that film was a love song to the story and mm-hmm. to the people so you're right just the very way he films it the the lighting mm-hmm. everything makes It's all, um, it's also all encompassing. And so you're right. It's not just, there is this at the core, this love story between these two young people, but it's about a much more kind of transcendent communal familial love. Like what are the possibilities of love in a place that has had so much disdain and hatred for Black people?
2: yeah the possibilities I think that that's just like so key, and like you were saying the sort of lingering on the faces, and I think in 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 connecting those those ideas, like what Barry Jenkins is showing us the possibility of not just the love existing between black people, but as an audience, even if we are non black even though you and I are black yeah, like yeah. the possibility of loving these folks right like and and seeing in their faces every bit of humor every bit of sadness all of it just be like the expression and you sitting with it sitting with it for extended periods of time it's like sometimes when it may be uncomfortable to do so right right? like it's sitting there but you are confronted with this image in a way that is so like it's it ignites the senses in that and then such a way that like the love is being transferred to the audience.
0: You're absolutely right. I mean I think in that way I think it's um it's also true to Baldwin and beyond. It goes to show mm-hmm. how film can even do more in some ways than the written word. Because think about it. I mean, we if we're movie buffs, we love movies. We, we've been watching mm-hmm. movies forever. And most of the movies we watch were not about Black people. No. Um, and, you know, film has long made us fall in love with people, right? Mm-hmm. By the way they film them. It's long made us fall in love with people who are not like us. And here, Barry Jenkins is... Giving a broader audience the opportunity to fall in love with blackness and with mm-hmm. black people, and you know, one of the things that I love about the novel is the novel has characters who are not black um, who step in and do the right thing or care mm-hmm. for Fonnie and Tish. You know, there's the Hasidic um, uh, landlord who owns the mm-hmm. building who's going to let them stay there. There's the Italian woman who owns the store. You know, there's the lawyer who's transformed in the process. So he gives mm-hmm. us all these kind of white people, but the diversity amongst the white people. Mm-hmm. And they step in and care for Tish. And I feel like the film offers the audience, no matter mm-hmm. who they are, the opportunity to do the same thing, to care for Fanny and Tish. Yeah. Right? It's, it, it's part of Barry Jenkins' brilliance, I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the way you put that, because it, it's like, especially considering this film in conversation with film writ large, right? Like the idea that, you know, uh, and I, I think, you know, this, this is this conversation that comes up when we're talking about Black folks in film in Hollywood, and Hollywood and all the time in that, like, what depictions are we afforded? And to show this love and invite people into that love, be, the, be it the romantic, be it the familial, uh, and to to sort of draw out that care and show that, like, the possibility, as we are saying, of other folks loving Black people and loving Blackness, uh, it's not something we're afforded that often, right? Like, it feels like it's either sort of a, a sociological exploration of Blackness, <laughs> or it is, right. like these really overt attempts to quote-unquote humanize black people or to to like go and do something that's that's like outside of the bounds of blackness right like we had sort of that that night that late 90s early aughts like sort of bourgeois film (laughs) uh, boom where it's just like okay black middle class people Black middle class right. people exist and deserve to be seen mm-hmm. on film because we we need to counter the images that like right. the you know of the black exploitation era of the early '90s like quote unquote hood films. We need right. like there's there's so much that it's that like f- black film feels like it's in conversation with and then also battling that battling. like <laughs> with if Beale Street could talk, it's just resting in that blackness in a way that that's that's like. We're not here to do any other work than present it to you in its fullness.
0: Right. In its fullness and, in you know, and aesthetically, you know, in its, the beauty of this, this mm. is going to be a, a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, also, you know, there's, there's the young lovers, then there's the family, you know, yeah. these are, these are like working class black people who are like, yes. we love our children and we are going to do whatever we have to do to To get this thing right, you know, even Mm -hmm. if it means we have to do something illegal, (laughs) we're going to do it. And by then, you're so in love with financiers, you're like, "Yeah, that's right. Do what you have to do to support Mm -hmm. them," you know. Um, And you're so right. We don't, we don't get that. We don't get that, which is why. I wanted to see the film. It was like a film of my favorite novel, but also Barry Jenkins had done that with Moonlight too, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought, I want to see what this brother has to do with this film and what yeah. what kind of joy I'm going to get in, in just watching it.
2: You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and but well, we can't escape that. Like at the heart of what this story is about is something sort of tragic, right? Or not oh, brutal. sort of tragic, brutal. But really, yeah. really brutal that, you know, you have these young lovers, Fanny and Tish who are, running about, falling in love, to cre- trying to create a life with one another. And then Fani is uh, arrested, falsely accused, uh, as far as we know, <laughs> as far as we're led to believe, like, the, all of the evidence is points to the fact that he's being falsely accused yes. of rape. Uh, and... Yo, I, I I think I was worried a little bit before this film came out because it did come out in 2018, and like, Me Too had like yeah taken over the country, and we were really having actual discussions about the the power uh of like men in positions of power uh and the abuse of that power. And what sexual assault looked like in various communities, and we were, we were sort of wrestling and reckoning with that like the neglect of so long, and that we were being implored because we hadn't for so long to believe right. victims right right and here's this story about a false accusation in a time right. when we were trying to get away from thinking about like the 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 idea that uh, sexual assault. Accusations were false lar- largely false, yeah. right so it's like it was it was difficult to sort of like but I think you know I'm sorry, I'm rambling a little bit too long here, um, but I think like what is sort of brilliantly done in that is that no one ever disbelieves the victim has been raped. They just believe that they've got the wrong man.
0: That's what I was going to say like and that's what's done so brilliantly in this film like there is no question. The film doesn't question whether or not that woman has been raped or whether mm-hmm. she's been assaulted. Um, there is no question about that. It's not questioning the victim. It's just that for some reason mm-hmm. um, and for reasons that we know can be true, right. you know, um, they've gotten the wrong person. And there is really very little effort on the part of the authorities to figure out who the right person is. Right. You no? Know? And so I think that the film does a very good job of balancing those two concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's never called a liar, um, she's never like the evil woman who accused Emmett Till, you know. Right, right. There's none of that. <laughs> right. 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 So um there is that ambiguity there, but um, but we don't doubt that Fonnie has been set up and yeah. it's unfair. And that there is no justice for him. Even right. That the film ends. There's no justice. Right. 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 We got love, but we don't have justice. I need to die. We're gonna have a baby. I should have said already, we're not married. That means more to him than it does to me, but I understand how he feels. Fani is 22, I'm 19. I'm glad, honey I'm glad. Don't you worry. You tell my daddy? Not yet. You tell your folks? Not yet, but don't worry about them. I just wanted to tell you first.
1: Her baby.
2: And not only do, do they not disbelieve uh, the victim, like, her pain is given time, right? Like, we're, oh, yeah. we're, we're like, the, the story is about the false accusation and... The pain that that inflicts on Fani, Tish, their families, but the the accuser, uh, even though it is a false accusation for the person that that is that that of Fani, like her pain is given voice, like she's allowed to express it, and we see the trauma that that act like uh, has inflicted on her. So we're 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 seeing everyone's pain here, and it really is. It's more an indictment. Just as you said, on the system, like she is not receiving justice because the person that actually raped her has been allowed to escape, like has been allowed to get away with it. And that the system now is, you know, not just locking up Fonny, but causing all this hardship for his family.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And you know, then he has to do that plea deal. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like at first he's like, "I didn't do it. I didn't do it." And then he has to do the plea deal. I mean, it's just, and and to me, that also was resonating with with the moment. You know, there's the moment that the story was written, mm-hmm. and even when it comes out, it's already such an old story. Yes. Right. And then there's a the moment when the film is made and we're in the same thing. We're dealing yeah. with mass incarceration. And we have a language for it that we didn't have in seventy-two. So it's just there there is no justice for anyone involved. Yeah. Anyone, right? And and there is no restorative justice. There's nothing no. because that woman is traumatized forever. I mean, it's you know, it's it's really you you walk away from it like you said you you know you've been you've been re- reveling in the beauty and in the love but you walk away from it kind of devastated yeah still
2: yeah. yeah and i think you know in in those things sitting beside one another that beauty that love and also this tragedy and this trauma uh for me it's it's so encapsulated in a particular scene uh where tish is visiting fanny uh and they're talking on the phone while he, he's incarcerated. Uh, and, you know, his pain is so present, right? Like, he's just like, you yeah. don't know what I'm going through in here. Like, yeah. you don't know the hell that I'm facing. And Tish says to him, you know, I know because I'm with you.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's so, yeah. uh, like, it's so beautiful, so poignant. But also speaks to something that I think, like, also, could have been easily mishandled, right? It's that the 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 issue at hand is the false accusation of Fani, but that ripples out, and it could have like the, Barry Jenkins or Baldwin either as storytellers could have focused on Fani as we often do in these stories about like the way that these things affect black men and that like, that is the tragedy is that it takes men away. But in that moment, Tish like in in so few words just says like, I'm experiencing it as well as a black woman, I'm going through this thing with you. And I think that it was just so gorgeous and beautiful to like, just give voice to that uh, like feeling. Yep.
0: Yep, and I think that you know one of the things that um, I had a kind of debate with a young woman about this, um, and I said in terms of narration, right, um, that Baldwin and then Jenkins following through on Baldwin, it's Tish's story, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like the story is written is written in the first yeah. person, the voiceover, first person. Yeah, that's Tish. Yeah, Tish is. Tish has the power of narration. Yeah, it's her story. So um, true. This is, you know, and so I'm. She's telling Fani's story, but she's also telling her own and her family's and her unborn child's story. Um, and so I think you're right. It's like this. This thing impacts a whole community. It's devastating for a whole community and the generations yet born.
2: Yeah. No, absolutely. It's just I, I think it's so masterful in that, like yeah. they, they're. There are so many ways that it could have gone in like the the, yes. the ways that we would have critiqued right like harshly right. because it yes. just falls back on those those simple narratives or those those narratives that like lend lend the masculine it's like it's due uh to the expense of anything right. else, but like it it's so invested in like in all of these people in all of their traumas.
0: Oh, yeah, we get all of them. I mean, we get Tish's mother, that character that Regina King plays. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Um, You know, we get a little bit of all of it. And one of my favorite scenes is um, when Fonny and Tish have their apartment and Fonny's friend, who's been incarcerated, comes to stay with them, comes to visit them. And when he talks about, you know, his own trauma, Mm -hmm. um, and there's such a tenderness there And I think I was thinking, you know, we know that incarceration can be brutal and brutalizing, Mm -hmm. but when do we get to have somebody actually talk about what they experienced, like what Mm -hmm. the trauma was and how it lives with them? And that needs to be handled tenderly as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is the only time I've ever seen it. You know, I've never seen it. For (laughs) for him to
2: talk about his fear right like yes. the way that it just like bestowed so much fear on him I think exactly. that's that's my absolute favorite scene I think uh, yeah. Brian Tyree Henry just sort of like steals the show there he He's, just is oh,
0: he, he walks off with it like he he, just... you know, I'm like, like they should have created a special award just for him yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah I'm like I've never seen anything like it in anybody's film ever no
2: <laughs> no it was so yeah. so beautifully done uh, it's so masterful So, what's one lasting image that sticks with you from If Beale Street Could Talk?
0: Well, aside from that one, I think it's any of the scenes where Fanny and Tish are sort of outside.
1: Mm. Um,
0: I love those scenes. The lighting is so beautiful. Um, the one where they're on the rooftop. Um, because it feels like, you know, they're, those, they're, those moments where they're so happy and they're so free and you know that those are fleeting
2: and you know like
0: what Mm -hmm. you know like what are the possibilities of them ever having that moment again yeah and everything is just pitch perfect you know i mean Mm -hmm. she's beautiful and he's beautiful and the the lighting i don't know if they're if they're filming it early in the morning or whatever Mm -hmm. but the lighting is perfect um those are the scenes that just stick with me they almost and there's a way that there's a choreography to them Mm -hmm. so they almost feel like a ballet they're just beautiful Yeah. yeah
2: thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me. This was so much fun.
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Open Forum, a podcast from Lithub Radio, produced by Eliza Smith and Justin Alvarez, and hosted by me, Michael Dentel Smith. Feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to Open Forum wherever you get your podcast, and/or sign up for the LitHub newsletter to stay up to date on our latest episodes. Next week, with great power comes great responsibility.